Welcome to my world. From stage to screen, comedy to politics, decriminalizing. He's cannabis's most famous and fearless celebrity. Now, Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. Please welcome the stoner legend himself, Tommy Chong. Welcome to the Tommy Chong Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Tommy Chong Podcast with my favorite producer, manager, and all-around pain-in-the-ass son, (laughs) Paris Chong. Say hi, Paris. Hi, how are you? I have to confess that uh, the reason why we didn't have episode two, we recorded a show, but it wasn't going in through the right microphones, blah, blah, blah. We didn't test it. I didn't test it. So we had a... A brain fart. Now we have a process in place, blah, 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 blah. So it's not going to happen again. So that's your apology? It's not my apology. It's just well, like... You sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> your Honor, I, I, I'm innocent. Besides, that wasn't the woman I raped. Yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. All right, well, uh, since you brought it up, let's talk about the Trump. The, the Donald. That's what, uh, who, who said that? That's what John Oliver said on his show. He found the Trump? out. Yeah, because tr- the story was Trump was like trying to mess with Sanders or somebody and say, why don't you use your real name? You know, and it was, you know, like a real ethnic Jewish name, you know? Yeah. And then John Oliver did some uh, research and found that Trump isn't, isn't Trump's real name. That, oh, what is it? Uh, early on, he was, he, his name is Trump. Drump. Drumpf. Oh, that's a really good. It really describes Drumpf, it. yeah. He looks like a drump. Yeah. So there's been some, <laughs> some serious violence going on now. Well, of course. I mean, here's a guy on center stage running for president of the United States talking about Mexicans are rapists and killers and building walls and kicking Muslims out and just asking for an ass-kicking. Oh, and I, th- I guess the like the black people got a little offended when he wouldn't denounce David Duke and the KKK, and he needed he needed more research done on white supremacists. He's let the world know exactly where he stands and everything, and right now he's standing in the middle of a big pile of doo doo that he'll never get himself out of. Well, he says like when when anyone interrupts him at a rally, he goes, "Yeah, you should punch if it were, if it were the old days." They'd be leaving in a stretcher. It was the old days, according to Trump, they'd be hanging from the rafters Ooh, by the neck. Yeah, you, you went there? Right oh, there. absolutely. That's oh, what what's Billy Holiday's song, Strange Fruit? Strange Fruit. That's what Donald Trump's really saying. Just like the guy, that old guy that punched that young black kid was walking out. And when they asked the, the, the white guy why he did it, he says, yeah, well, he's a loudmouth. Got to shut the loudmouth up. And next time we might have to kill him. I mean, I mean, that's the kind of rhetoric, you know, that's going down in the Trump camp. You know, the chickens have come home to roost. You know, you can't you can't talk like that on a public stage without having some crazy come up and call you on it. Well, it's amazing when you look at footage from, I guess, the 50s, huh? 50s and 60s, where you see these rallies and you see like like some young like white supremacist kind of KKK guy just yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs at, at some black person. The crazy amount of anger and and hatred. Oh. It's intense and then if you just if you put both images in black and white, you couldn't tell the difference. 
You know, remember Nat King Cole? Yeah. Well, he was on stage singing on television, and this white guy jumped on stage and assaulted him in, right on television. Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. Yeah. yeah. An he, American treasure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the time, you know, he, had a, he was one of the first blacks to have his own show, and that pissed a lot of uh, white supremacists off. And this one white guy jumped on stage. And, and, and this is and on live TV? On live TV. It's, it's, you can look it up. It, you know, it's, it's, it's in the archives. You know, that was in the 50s. And, and see, back in the 50s, I was there in, in, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We had the same kind of racism that's going on now in the South. And we had it just as bad in Calgary. Calgary was just as bad as Texas or Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah. Except the only difference was is that all the blacks or most of the black people in Calgary were either professional athletes or musicians or singers. But what they would do, the, what the white people would do to, to bring them down to their, you know, to their station, so to speak, they gave all the black people nicknames. There was a, a great uh, wide receiver. Uh, his name was Anderson. Yeah. But his nickname was Sugarfoot. Hey, Sugarfoot, come on, baby. Yeah. You know, that, that's the way they did it. Like Louis Armstrong was Satchmo. You yeah. know, everybody had a nickname. Like Sammy Davis Jr., I forget what he was called, but he, he had a nickname and too. So did these people like their nicknames or did they? Well, they had a smile go along with it, you know, because they were entertaining white folks. Yeah. And so in order, you know, but they still were treated very badly. Yeah. Like like, uh, they weren't allowed to stay in the hotels in Vegas when they had performed. Right. Sammy Davis Jr. had to go in the back door, the kitchen. Because the supremacists, they felt like uh, like if a black person used the same toilet, it was dirty. It dirtied the toilet, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Like weird shit like that, yeah, right? Yeah, weird. Right. Hey, listen, to this day, when I was in prison in Taft, there was a guy, the shower shitter, because uh-huh. he would only do his business in the shower. Uh-huh. And then people would come in to use the shower later, and they would see this mess. Big steaming pile of dump. Just yeah, there. this mess. And he'd try to stick it down the, put oh, his foot on it, Jesus and stick it down Christ. the drain. But it turned out it, he was this redheaded white guy that uh-huh. looked like Woody Allen. Uh-huh. And we, his nickname was Mr. Clean. Yeah. Because he, his job was cleaning the, the toilets in, in the visiting room. Because he was so prejudiced that he could not use the same toilet as black people, as the other people used, because the black people were wow. had to share it. And that's why he did his mess in the shower. So I've seen it firsthand. And, and I've seen people literally get physically ill being around black black people well that you were telling me that happened with my sisters like you took them to Cheech's girlfriend at the time Barbie right yeah and you took them to the house and then they had a pool there right and then Barbie had some friends over too and Barbie's sister Barbie's sister and then Robbie and Radon are pl- swimming in the pool and then what did she say well they told us to get out they said you'll have to get out because I got friends coming over pretty soon and so you have to get out of the pool you know, because you, you, we can't have, you know, little black kids in the pool at the same time as my friends. <laughs> was, because? Because they're prejudiced. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're racist. Like, they're racist. That, that yeah. offends them. Oh, it totally. offends them to see black people in the pool totally. that they're going to use. That, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's offensive. Yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah, and that's the way it was. And listen, when I was in, in Calgary, we had the band, you know, and one time our car broke down outside of Olds, uh, Alberta, which was about maybe 50 miles from Calgary. And it was a little sleepy uh, grain elevator, one grain elevator, and, and it was a little sleepy farm town. Yeah. And Tommy Melton, the singer, and I, we went walking down the street. Tommy's black from mm. Amber Valley, uh, Alberta. And this lady walked around the corner. She had a bag of groceries. Tommy took her by surprise. She looked up and she saw Tommy. And she threw the groceries in the air and screamed. She didn't know what to do. Was she afraid because the word on the street was there was these crazy uh, pot-smoking black people that, that just yearned to rape white women? No, no, no. Is that it, what happened? Then? No, what happened was that she grew up in a little town that has never seen a black person. And so all of a sudden, here we are so did, on but her did, street. Was she worried that, that he no. was, she was going to get attacked? No, no. It, was just, it just took her by surprise. It would be like seeing a bear all of a sudden, you know. All of a sudden, you're walking along, and you turn in a corner, and here's a big bear. I don't know, Dad, because bears, bears, you know, are unpredictable. <laughs> but, you know, black guys, you know, I don't know. They, they don't really scare me like bears do. Well, if you've never been around black people... The reason people like why is, is because of what they say around each other. They'll talk about black people together in their own, in, in their own envi- oh, white environment. Totally. And they'll breed these totally. crazy lies and these crazy things... And then they'll create this fear. It's been my experience is that the conversation doesn't even go anywhere near anybody of color until something on TV or something happens. And then the rumors go out, you know. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people in these farm countries. Like, that's why Oklahoma and, and Wyoming and that, those places. And by the way, if you're listening from Wyoming, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of times people on the ranches and that, they don't see humans or they don't see anybody but their relatives. And and a lot of times they're not even talking to their relatives. And so they don't really have any kind of command of speech. You know, they don't really talk to anybody, maybe to themselves or maybe to their horse or, oh, or their you mean, car. You mean like how you used to describe like your friend's parents that worked on a farm that that don't don't say a word? No. They don't say a word. They haven't seen his son for like a year, right? And a he, year. And he goes, your mom's in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Father's out in the field. Like, like you know, nothing has changed. Yeah. And you don't get introduced. Like no. I was a friend standing there, and they say, you know, you expect someone to say, "This is my friend Tommy, and yeah. he's he's going to stay with us tonight." Not a word. Yeah. Uh, supper's at six. Yeah. You know, don't be late. That guy's probably talkative compared to his dad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like just... And these are the people that have to make decisions. You know, with their life. And so when they, and they're farm people. And so they, what do they listen to? They hear the Rush Limbaugh's, they hear the Glenn Beck's. That's preachers. And they hear the preachers. They hear secondhand from their friends. And then they hear the horror stories. And then they hear how, how black people are, are, are they're, they're paying for all these black people. And, and they're just living on high on the hog. Oh, you know, yeah. the, well, the welfare queens that are yeah, just the like. the pimps and the whores. And they're just making money off yeah. of their hard, hard work. I see it as many different facets that are, that, have created this this craziness right yeah. i think first and foremost is obama 
and his success, right? Or his winning the election, yeah. right? So he wins the election, and then they just start they start saying, "Oh, well, he's not he's not American. He's going to take your guns. He's Muslim. He's from Kenya. He's a plant. He's he's Satan." And then that just that was the first round, right? Then I also feel that after Trayvon Martin. And then Ferguson and then Laquan McDonald, all these kids that were getting videotaped being killed, being executed by, by cops. And so that stoked all the, all the unrest in the, the poor black community, right? Because they're going like, hey, hey, I've been telling you, I've been telling you that shit's weird, that we get treated differently. Well, there's, there's, an, there's another uh, angle to that, too. See, back in the first riot in L.A., the Watts riot. Uh-huh. That was uh, started with a, a traffic stop and br- police brutality, and then uh, the crowd gathering around a hot, muggy day, and they they just they had enough of that shit, and so they started throwing rocks. And this is just after Jim Crow, right? So so it was this is during. So this, so this was during segregation. So what, well, no, it, it was, was just after, after. So just after, just after that. So they and, finally got it where the segregation's outlawed. Yeah, and then then it's still just simmering well, underneath, well, right? Yeah, well, because the cops they, they treat the black communities like uh, like yeah, because uh, they, in, in, they, in they, they go they go yeah 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 Supreme Court yeah we, we, yeah seg- uh, segregation's over yeah. and then they go we'll we'll see about that and then yeah. they start beating the shit out of people even more right yeah yeah, yeah. well they do it. To this day, they so, do. So, so, so that's what I, I saw. Dad, that then you see the Ferguson effect, where where there's all these riots, right? And there, but there, there's there's one under other underlying theme that went on with these riots. They were the same as the soccer riots in in, in England. Uh, what it is, they 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 get a mob going, and and they got a lot of poor people. <laughs> In that mob, and next thing you know, they're breaking store windows, and next thing you know, they're looting, and next thing they say, "Oh, let's go get the TVs, let's go get this, let's go get that." Yeah, just anarchy breaks up. No, I get it, I get it. You're 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 totally on my point. We're on the same point, and my point was is that I'm looking at it from a perspective of this weird, isolated, scared white Republican conservative that only listens to Fox News and talk radio, right? Yeah. And then I see what's happening. I see my the president is a black guy, which I'm completely uncomfortable with. And I think there's a big conspiracy. He must be Muslim plant, you know, from Kenya, right? And then I see that, like, the black people in... And the cities are going nuts. They're looting, and they're gonna they're they're coming for us. It's race wars. And me and my friends, we've already talked about what we're gonna do when there's a race war, because mm-hmm. that's what that's what white supremacist, Republican crazy people they prepare for this shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They get all their assault rifles and they put away their mm-hmm. their water and they have like you know they're ready to kill people. Yeah, you know, kill black people. Yeah. That breeds this even more this of this fear. And then big old white Trump comes along. And just starts hitting all the right buttons. Yep. He hit the Mexican problem, which, yep. by the way, I'm a white supremacist, you know, thinking that they go that way. And of course, man, yeah, these Mexicans are just, they're just walking all over us. They're just taking our jobs and there's no... Well, well look, at, look at what happened. Before the Mexicans, we had a thing called hemp. It was hemp. It wasn't, and it was cannabis, but it was hemp. Hemp this, hemp that. They got towns in New York named Hempstead. They got places named hemp, okay? Yeah, and DuPont came along. Then all of a sudden, 
The Hearst, Mex- Hearst and no, DuPont. The Mexicans and come along and they started smoking this. I don't here. think it was that. I think I think well, listen, listen, I think that- historically the Mexicans were always smoking it. It was the strategy of just identifying hemp with that. That's what I'm saying. You know? That's what I was going to say. Before the Mexicans smoked it, it was hemp and it was legal. But I think the Mexicans were always smoking it. They well, were. Oh, no, yeah. So it wasn't but, before. But, I think it was, it was when they decided that we need to have a war on hemp is when they said, well, well looky here. We got the, the right. black people's drug of choice, the Mexicans' drug of choice. That's right. And they're crazy. They're going to rape right. all our white women. And, and what happened, like in, in, in the book of Congress is written, you know, that marijuana, well, heroin first, but they said marijuana made black jazz musicians horny for white women. Because yeah. that's your biggest fear. Their biggest fear wasn't the black man. It was the biggest fear was what the black man was going to do to the white women who the white women loved the black But man. I think that it goes deeper than that, Dad, because I think there's something genealogical that's inside these guys that have slave owners in their history, you know, in their oh, ancestry. Yeah. So they have slave owners in their ancestries, and those guys, they committed some crazy thing. They beat the shit out of the man, raped the woman, beat the shit out of everybody, killed everybody, just terrorized everybody. So I think there's a deep-seated fear yeah. that that's going to... Karma's going to get them, and, and, and they're going to be the slave one exactly. day, and their woman's going to get raped and, by and, the black guy. And there, was, there were periods in history where that actually happened. Where there was a revolt. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You, can you blame people for revolting? Of you course, know? Not. Of I, course I, not. I can't. But you also got to remember that the slavery caused by black people themselves— you know, there were black tribes in well, Africa. Well, no, I, I, it was the Portuguese that started hiring some of the mercenary That's black people. That's what I'm saying. It's just like the couples in, in the concentration camps. You know, the Jewish couples were, were the cops that were, they were making, uh, putting people in the oven. Okay. Oh, that's a good time to take a break, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, need a, okay. I need a good smoke break. Well, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com The Tommy Chung Podcast is back. Only on CannabisRadio.com Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and we're back at the Tommy Chong Podcast with my favorite... Uh, Just go on, man. Let's, talk. Let's get ass, back to it. Pain in the ass. Producer. 
Paris so, so okay, so I see it as like you know this this fear from the black president, then this new movement like the Black Lives Matter, which really upsets people. Yeah, because I don't understand why it upsets people. Because I look at it as like okay. If I was black and I'm in a black neighborhood and I don't know any white people and all I see is just how these crazy cops are killing my friends and family indiscriminately and then I don't really see it happening to, you know, the rich white people, I'm going to go, well, listen, I think black lives matter, you know, and then that's a movement. But for some reason, it's an affront in that we should be thinking all lives matter and 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 I think that's such a cop out. Well, what it is, they co-opt. That's how they stop movements. They co-opted. Now you you look at what Trump's done. Trump has borrowed from Bernie. He borrowed from Hillary. He borrows from uh, Ted Cruz. He borrows everybody's thing because he doesn't have a riff himself. Well, well, so what, what Trump does, he goes up to, without a speech or anything. He watches TV and he sees what works for everybody else. And then he co-ops it. He just takes it over. Yeah. That's where he he's successful as this outsider because he, he'll say shit that's so not like a typical conservative. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. There, there's something there that he's... He's touched on, and he, and he can and he can do that for one reason. One reason only. The reason is is that he is financing his own campaign. You know, he's loaning it to his whatever. But listen, that's what just that's what billionaires do. You know what I mean? He doesn't answer to the Koch brothers. He doesn't answer to the guys where he couldn't say that stuff. No, no, because uh, Ted Cruz and all that, they have to kneel down. Most conservatives cannot say Iraq was a bad move because who contributes to their campaign? A lot of these war companies. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So, so Trump can say that shit because he, he's not getting any Halliburton no. money. He doesn't give a fuck about Halliburton. No. You no. know? No. Exactly. So, so he just... And, and, and again, it wasn't Trump's train of thought. That was Bernie's. That yeah. was Hillary's. That was... Uh, not, not Hillary's, yeah. but it was Bernie's train yeah, of thought. the intelligent people. Yeah, it was Bernie. And, Bernie, <laughs> and, and Trump saw, saw that and instinctively said, well, that works. Okay, I'll yeah. use that. Trump has no... Uh, no original ideas. At all. Of, no, not, yeah, not one. Not, not one. one. No, no. And you can look at his hair and see that. You know, yeah. Because what Trump's done with his hair shows the man himself he's he's stuck in the 50s i'll tell you i'll tell you listen with that big ass head and that big ass face he's done a great job with what he's been given i don't think you could figure out another hairstyle that would work i think he's tried he's tried it all and that's the only one that fits his country club punk ass image no no you're you're absolutely right i mean it it is i mean can you imagine a, a bald trump well, can you imagine a, a, a Trump with an afro? No. Yeah. No. He, he, that's who he is. Yeah. And if, if you want to know who he really is, he, he's a wrestler without wrestling, without doing the body slams, exactly. without getting in the ring. Yeah. He's in there calling everybody punks and everybody uh, out like the wrestlers do. Yeah, and I, and I listened to an interesting thing about where I think Les Moonves, and he's, he's the head of NBC or something like that. CBS. CBS. And uh, he was just saying, man, listen, he was at like some shareholders meeting and he was like, Trump is a godsend. Our numbers are so high. We're making so much money. And so then it's a for-profit news sure. company, right? And yeah. then you're going, well, fuck, man. If the crazy guy gets all the 
the time on air, he's just going to stoke up more crazies in there. You go. He's got the, these big crowds of nutcakes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and followers. You know, the sheep. You know? This, like if, if you ran sheep off a cliff. I see the fear in them. When, when they're like, yeah, well, I like Trump. That Trump's my guy. You know, I just see, I can see through it and I go, oh, he, th- this, this person's afraid of, of black people, you know, <laughs> of, of poor people. Yeah. They, they don't want to live in a society where, where there's justice for all and, and, and everyone has an opportunity. They prefer it when it's only the upper class. You know, know? what it is, Paris? You know what it is? Scapegoat. That's the word. You know where the scapegoat is? Yeah. You, you tie a goat to a stake and you blame him for yeah. blame for all the evils of the world. Yeah. This is what Trump Trump has has given those followers a scapegoat, be it Mexicans, blacks, poor people, right. Jews. Now you're uh, right on anybody. the on the poor. I think on the poor level, Dad. But I also think there's this train of thought, and I've seen this. You know, because you've sent me to private schools, you've sent me to a lot of places, and I, I've. I've had access to very exclusive clubs, mm-hmm. kids of diplomats and, and politicians and famous people and old money. Yeah. And I've seen this with old money and there is two worlds, man. Yeah. And they like the fact that public schools are fucking shit. Yeah. When you go to a really good private school, it's impossible to get in and it's fucking super expensive. So you better be rich and you better be fucking smart. And work your ass off. So, and connected. And connected. So, so what it is is that they they want their ki- they don't want their kids to have to work hard. No. They want they're gonna they're gonna roll out the carpet for them, you know. Yeah. And they, they, those people don't say this publicly, but that's how they feel. Oh you know? yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They treat people like peasants. You know, being able to recognize the fellow human being as a human being is stuff that saints are made of. Yeah. You know. And it's and it's very rare in in every society in every civilized uh, you know generation that there are people that recognize that you know like JFK uh, John Kennedy he 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 was one that recognized of course anybody that's been in the war has been in a war been in a firefight they recognize the value of your buddy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where he's from. That motherfucker saved my life. Yeah. I owe everything to him. And so whatever he is, and, he's Mexican yeah. or whatever, you know, I think I, I'll also, never go against it. But think, Trump and those guys no, have but never I think done that. You, you've touched on something very interesting. I think that what you realize when you're in, in a war and 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 it's it's like people are dying and you're killing people, they're killing people and, and it's life or death that all of a sudden your values and your morals go much deeper because money doesn't mean anything, right? Like there's no, like you're not worried about, oh, hey, I'm going to get that house. You know, you're like, you're like, fucking man, like someone's going to, I don't want to get my arm blown off and I'm hungry. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and my buddies are starving and we're all scared and, and shit. And we've been through this and, and, you know, so I think your values get, get, get it into a really they can i think get into a really deep place where where you you tear away all all of the the material things in life and you get down to love and and soul you know what i mean that's where most a lot of people find god yeah and and it's just like prison like uh my old buddy uh steve you know my my dog he, he would tell me how what people do you know they discover the Bible in prison, uh-huh. but when they walk out back into society, they leave the Bible by the door. 
Well, well, because the Bible because what's valued, what is valued in society, in our society, in Amer- in United States is, and most of the Western world, and most of the world is what is the most valuable thing? Money. Yeah. So we worship money. Yeah. Our media is money. Our schools, like uh, like we we're, we're just cutting down science. We're cutting down humanities. We're cutting down, you know, uh, literature and and art and and music. Because we, we, we got to figure out a way to make, you know, make money and how are we going to, you know, get, uh, be more productive and, and make more money. So, and then what we, we're all these cogs, like we're all these, these, uh, these, just these robots that, that are just trying to figure out a way to make money and what the humanities, what these, what literature does. And, and, you know, I've, I've had the same train of thought where, Hey, well, you know, you got to be productive. You just got to be, have, think practical and, and get, you know, an engineering degree or something like that. But then, then I was lucky enough to have gone to some literature classes or, or, and then do and studied some art and study these things. And they really open your mind to the deeper, more valuable, intangible things in life. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. And, and I was listening to this Republican congressman that was 15 years for Oklahoma and he was talking about that he was talking about how the Republican Party in our society values just money over creating a a great well-rounded human being that thinks for themselves and thinks critically and what he was saying is that we're, we're, we're making creating this weird thing where we're not creating good citizens we're creating good robot or workers you know, and, and I thought that was that was interesting coming from from a, a Republican. You know what I mean? Because yeah. well, it was a very thoughtful approach to what's going on. Yeah. When you face a life and death situation like I just recently did, laying in your on your back, you know, thinking that you might not wake up the next day, you start going over in your mind what really is important, and a lot of things go out the window. <laughs> you know that that was seemingly important. You know the nice car, the boat, the the house, the uh, you know the trappings, you know the country club, all that setting. You know yeah. it goes out the window, and then what really matters is is a kind word, a smile. Then you start looking around, and then you start seeing the world through love eyes. Yeah. You know that's what I call them. They're, they're love eyes. You look out, and then then you also realize that you know this is just a phase. That I'm going through, and this is what the this is what I got to tell people about Trump and and what's going on. It's a phase. We're just going through a phase. We will get out of this. It, it's going to be so interesting. You know, the next few years is going to be so interesting to see what's going on yeah. because the cell phone has educated so many people so fast. Society can't keep up with the kind of knowledge that that's that's being spread around and that's being shared. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you 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 find in fact you see a lot of millionaires or billionaires sitting there with a lot of money but no friends. Yeah. You know, or no no drive in their life. You know, nothing really tangible because it's just like when you get a new car, interesting for the first hour. Yeah. Then after that, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and then what's next? Uh, <laughs> you're like the rich, you're like the rich falls kid with the toys. I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. really want this. I don't want that. Can I stop opening my presents now? <laughs> I'm tired. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I'm, I was so lucky that I grew up poor. Yeah. And I didn't know I was poor because I thought I was warm and I was well fed and and I had things to do. I'm not afraid of Trump. I'm not scared of what he brings to the table because I think 
what he's doing is shining a, a bright light on some systemic problems in this country. Because yeah. like, a, yeah, right during the Trayvon Martin thing, you know, the, the whole conservative party was like, they're, we're over racism. Why does, why does Obama keep bringing up race? We're, 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 we've done that. We're, we're good. We're good. We're all happy. You know Let's what I mean? Let's move on. Let's, Let's move, move on. on. You know, yeah. you know, you're trying to divide the country. I, I realized like, yeah, you can't just make that happen. Did you notice what happened in the last few news cycles? What? They don't blame Obama for anything. Well, it's absurd now. That's what I'm saying. No, but Dad, Before Bobby Jindal, Bobby Jindal tried to say that the reason why our, we're having problems with Trump and the racism is because Obama. Well, that's Bobby Jindal. Yeah, that shows you. Yeah, how. but they, they have the gall to say this kind that's of shit. That's the bottom of the of the of the pile. Yeah, you know, you put Bobby Jindal, put in uh, Rick, uh, what's his name, Snyder, Snyder, uh, Snyder, the Flint, Michigan yeah. guy. No, look what he did. He he took fresh water. And put poison water to the fl- people of. Fl- I don't even fault him for trying to save a buck, but I fault him tremendously when he got the word that it's a bad idea and people are getting sick that he didn't act immediately. No. Two years. Crazy, man. Two years. That's the guy that's t- talking about uh, Dad, Obama? I guarantee you he went home and he says, honey, get a water filter. Don't let the kids bathe in the water. Don't let the kids drink. You know what I mean? Well, he didn't live there. He never lived. Oh, he never lived there. No, oh, yeah. he lives in Detroit. Oh, that's right. So, oh, oh, so it's so, just Flint. Yeah. No, it was the yeah. black folks in his Flint water's that, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No problem. Yeah. Hey, man. tell me something I give a shit about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Trump and and Christie together, I thought, oh man, Sopranos. Oh yeah. Back. Yeah. And Uncle Pussy. Yeah. And they're running for president. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Because Trump talks more he talks more he sounds like a soprano for sure he's from jersey it's believe me it's going to be huge it's going to be huge yeah oh there's a lot of things that are changing right now there's this whole trump phenomenon and then there's the hey yeah bernie's down by 20 points there's no way he's going to win anything and then all of a sudden like young people come out to vote and because what, what what is it they when they do these polls and they do these phone banks, they're calling landlines. I haven't had a fucking landline for 15 years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Good, so they're not calling you. Good luck trying to find me on a landline. Yeah, it's not, not going to happen. Or you any know? young kid. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't even have fucking cable, you know? You watch TV and just by the commercials, you can see the age of what people watch <laughs> TV. You know? Yeah, on your channel. Yeah. The Viagra commercials? Vi- yeah. Cialis. Yeah. Cialis. Cialis. Yeah. 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 yeah Having an erection yeah. over four hours, you call uh, your best friend. I've know. been seeing a lot of catheter commercials. Yeah. That's like, what I'm like saying. Tons old, of catheter commercials. Old fuckers watch TV. Yeah. You know, the young kids, they watch their, their cell phone. They watch their iPad. They, they don't watch TV. And I think, like, about having a crazy Trump out there and crazy, crazy cruises is that if it was, like, the last couple election cycles or even the last few or several, you know, they're splitting hairs. They're very similar, and it's fucking boring, and they'll put you to sleep. They always – they don't say what they truly mean. They're just, you know, creeping around stuff. So – as a young kid, you're like, ah, who gives a fuck? They're both the fucking same, you know? But yeah. at least here, there's definitively something something terrible going on with the Trumps. And they can see, like, people are getting bloodied up. and It's like the water in Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Because, you know, kids, <laughs> kids, they just, they're, they're, like, most kids have been raised very well. I don't think that kids in general are just shitty. I think that I feel like they're more polite 
than a few of the generations that I was a part of, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that my brother and my friends that are raising kids, they make a real point to try to teach them how to treat others and yeah. how to behave how to get along. and don't be a bully and all yeah. this things. So these kids are seeing this shit going on. They're going, what the fuck, man? <laughs> how did that guy get, get popular? You know, they're to them. It's crazy. Who is it? Who's that daddy? <laughs> but you know, the one guy I really feel sorry for who, I, I, I think about him every day is John Stewart. John Stewart, I'll tell you, his head would have exploded by now. Yeah. Now that Trump's on, if John Stewart was still on TV, his head would explode yeah. because Trump keeps coming up with these Trumpisms that yeah. just blow your mind. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about that when we come back. Okay. 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 Good we'll idea. Right. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Smoke a bong hit, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Tommy Chung Podcast is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back. Yeah, I was just thinking about Jon Stewart, man, because his show was so... It was the only show you could watch. So you don't think Noah's doing a... I I don't get a connection with Noah. That much, you know. Yeah. Not like I did with John Stewart. There's something about Jewish guys. Well, Dad, but you can't expect to build a connection like John Stewart has in in a season, because you know people didn't start recognizing John Stewart's brilliance until like the fifth year, sixth year. No, you no, know? no. I know. I, I, I right? know. I, no, I, you're exactly right. But there is a perspective that John Stewart brings that no one else can. No, he bring. created it. His his show. That show created. Yeah. What we, what a lot of people consider real news. It's our sarcasm and irony. Yeah. It was, it, it was right there. And it, well, like he would take what they would say, like Sarah Palin or something like that there, and he would just riff on it until his... Until so, so Dad, he did, did, that, did that process just burn him out? I think so. So literally he got burned out, huh? I think Cause, so. Because, I mean... Well, you know what he did? He directed a movie and he found out what it's like to be normal. Oh, you mean to not have to wake up and do a new show every single day of your life, and every, and, and like and only get like three weeks off a year? Yeah, and yeah, just be normal, play with your kids, and get to know your kids and your wife. And yeah. I mean, we take this for granted because we've been doing it, you know, for years. But yeah. but Stuart, you know, no, but you you got burnt out on the road. You were oh. like, man, you know, my, my life's passing me by. Yeah. And then you did movies, and you're like, oh, I found it. This is it, right? Love the movie. Because when you start doing movies, you, you phase the road out, right? Yeah. Yeah, Completely, totally, totally, yeah, totally. We quit our life and show and and, and doing doing a show, uh, a daily show, yeah. a freaking daily show, yeah, man. Yeah, every day. The news, and current events, rip riffing like he did. Oh my god, it's, it must be exhausting. Oh. I mean, hey, Chappelle, yeah. he burnt right out. Yeah. You know, have you seen Samantha B's stuff? No. So she was on John Stewart's show. She was one of the one of the one of the lady comedians who do yeah. who do, who does her segment, and they didn't offer her the job, you know. And so she's got her own thing on like TNT or TBS, oh, that's a good. and she's killing it. She's got the John Stewart, but then she's got this female approach to it, which is incredible, man. I got to see it. Is she, a, is she a white chick? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a redheaded white chicken. Oh, she okay. was, and her husband is one of the one of the other uh, comics on uh, on the Daily Show too. Okay, you'd recognize both of them for yeah. sure. And then there's John Oliver, who's yeah. a, who's a John Stewart alumni, and he's yeah. got his HBO show. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal. But it's yeah. not. It's like it's 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 like a weekly thing. Yeah, you know. So Trevor Noah is like is the Daily Show. And listen, I enjoy it, but I do believe that what a what a tough time. And what a tough job to take over, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like trying to replace Johnny Carson, you know. And that, and that, that, took, a, that took a little while. It know? never happened, really. Yeah, oh, I mean, Jay Leno had to create his own Jay Leno show, yeah. you know, and it took him years, yeah. right? <laughs> but what's going on in the world now is, is so good for the world. It's so good. It's, can you imagine Trump, his idea of deportation, he goes back to the 40s when they literally put Mexicans in trucks and drove yeah. them down and dropped them off in the desert. Yeah. And many died. Yeah. Many wow. died in the desert. And Trump's solution to deport the people, the, the dreamers that, yeah. that are here, you know, that have been here for years, yeah. that's his answer for them. Put them in trucks, drive them to the desert and drop them off. Well, and I also think that it's a, it's a very interesting time because the whole notion of regime change, yeah, get that that get guy's evil. Let's get him out of there. We'll put our own guy in. We'll put, we'll let them elect their own. You know that whole mentality, that that simplistic view of the world, that simplistic view of how governments work or how society works, is out the window. They're realizing now that shit is creates more mess than it solves. And so there's a lot of crises in the world, but I, I think that the frame of mind to combat these crises has gotten away from regime change and bombings and all those things. And they're trying to figure out solutions, you know, because they realize like you take that guy out, it creates a vacuum, it creates ISIS. And then next thing you know, it, the problem's on your doorstep. They're literally on your doorstep. Syrians and Middle Easterns are, co- are coming in droves trying to escape that war and trying to get, and, and going right to Germany, yeah. you know, going yeah. right to France. Or, or being stuck in Ma- Ma- Macedonia. Yeah, Macedonia and Turkey. You know, it's, it's being so... Being stuck. There's a camp in, in Kenya, I believe, where, where they have been fighting for years and years yeah. and years. And now they, and they're slowly starving the people in the camp are to death. So like a genocide. It's becoming that because the, the, they forgot about that war uh-huh. and they forgot about the refugees and, and because they're in Kenya they're from another tribe yeah. they're not allowed to work they're not allowed to build anything permanent yeah. they, they, they're just kept in camps yeah. and, and they're, they're literally being starved well that's, that's I feel like you know the, the ceasefire that's going on in Syria is a direct result of the aid workers not being able to get in there and seeing and when you see these images of these poor Poor kids just starving to death. Do you, do you know why the ceasefire took hold? Why? They ran out of money. Russia was invading, you know, with the yeah. planes and everything. Yeah. That's expensive. That's millions of dollars yeah. a day. So they spent their budget on well, that? No, while well, Russia's been sanctioned because of U- the Ukraine. Yeah. And so there's a lot of deals that aren't oh, happening with Russia. And say, then the oil prices that are low. Oil prices are low. Stuff. And yeah. so all of a sudden Putin said, what the fuck am I doing? Well, he we're, says, we're, I, I did what I can, but, you know, Bashar, you, you got to take over now. We got no money. Yeah, we got no money. But the rebels and ISIS, they are kind of ceasefire too in those areas, haven't they? 
by all accounts, yeah. you know, they're, they're going on. We don't know really what's going on there. You know, we don't know. They, yeah. The, the military's not telling anybody, you know, but apparently they're taking out a lot of ISIS people, yeah. you know, bombing them. Yeah, they're getting them. They're, they're getting them. Yeah, yeah, but Trump apparently is going to really get them. He's going to get their families. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be so vicious. He's going to be so vicious. <laughs> He's going to get these terrorists. He's going to get them. And get their families. Uh, gonna, what's his name? You know what he's going to do? He's going to pretend that they're going to come over for a party. And then he's going to take them. He's going to take them to a field. And he's gonna, that field's going to have two, two ditches dug already. And he's going to tie those guys up and beat them with baseball bats and put them in the field. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's a Scorsese movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! When I see when when they ask Trump his, his position on anything, I oh I just look at I look at the wheels rolling, and he's got this this nervous habit. He he takes a mic, he's got this nervous yeah. habit. Then he then he does something with his fingers, you know, yeah. his fingers way back and forth. Then he then he takes a mic. Very, I, I very like feminine. He takes a mic with his little yeah. fingers, and he and he moves it. He doesn't move it anywhere. He just yeah. just touches yeah. it, and then things like bothers him. Yeah. He, he kind of reminded me of Cheech when Cheech got upset with a photographer yeah. in front of him. Yeah. Trump reminded me of Cheech when Trump came out one time. The lights, light, turn off the lights. Everybody chant, turn off the lights, turn off. Yeah. yeah. Just, no, he's got that stuff. He's, and then he's he, weird. Uh, I love it that, that in Ohio where the guy rushed the stage and he turned around like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, I was ready for him. I was ready for him. That guy, yeah, I was ready for him. He was a guy, yeah, would have cracked his ass, you know? <laughs> I would have would have punched him in the face. It was like when Connor and, and Nate Diaz uh, fought, and then they went to their weigh-in, you know, and and you know Connor's just talking shit, Nate Diaz talking shit, and then Nate Diaz just just gave him one of those gangster flinches, and fucking Connor flinched, you know, and big and time. It, it's like, and that's what we saw with Trump that day is yeah. that Trump flinched. Yeah, and he's scared. He's a scared dude. He should be. You know. He should be. Well, yeah, because when you talk that kind of shit, when you oh. talk that kind of, oh, I'd like to punch him, that's a lot of fucking oh. talk, you know? You know, he should know from his golf experience, when you fear something, that's when this shit happens. But like like in life, like in golf, he's a cheater. You know, yeah. we, we've heard that he's a big cheater on the yeah. golf course, you yeah. know? And, we, and listen... In my experience, I've heard a lot of people, oh, he's a scratch golfer. Oh, he shoots at this, he shoots at that. And then I've played with these people, and, you know, the scores just don't match. No. You know, yeah. I've, I've seen and met some legitimate scratch golfers, and then I've seen some really good golfers that have a couple good holes, but then they have these, you know, terrible holes, and the numbers just don't add up. You just got to watch Golf Central. And watch Jordan Spieth lately. Yeah. He's shooting 78s, yeah. 80s. Yeah. Yeah, he can't get his game. And he's back. he's the top. Guy. He's number one. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah. It happens to everybody, it, man. But when you live in the the Donald Trump, you know, bullshit world. I mean, listen, family's got to stick together. But he's a fucking embarrassment. I guess that they're they're just they're stuck in their own little world and they're isolated and no one questions their tactics. Like, do, do you think that? his daughters or his kids are a little upset or embarrassed about some of the shit that, that Donald's doing, you know? Cause at first, at first he was just running a campaign. Yeah. He'd said some crazy stuff, but now it's gotten to this really, really like, well, how, how, what do you describe it? Dad? How do you describe like, like what it's come to now? Where maniacal. He, yeah. Yeah. Maniacal. 
maniacal, like, yeah, yeah, get that guy, yeah, I'll pay for your legal bills, yeah. Well, do you see the latest? He he, he says he, he never said that. He never said anything, you know. <laughs> he never said that. It's the media. Hey, hey, the media, these fucking guys. Yeah. You know, you know what he's saying there? You know what he says? Oh, these fucking media guys, you know, they're, they're, they're the worst. They lie about everything. You know what they're saying? He's saying they call me on all my bullshit. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's what it's that's what they do, and that's why that's why all those people hate the media. Because yeah. the media, you know, when they're doing their job, they're fucking calling you on all your bullshit. They're fact checking before it comes, the words come out of your mouth. Exactly. They're fact checking, and that's their job. That's when I decided that I I really wasn't a writer, because. Being a writer, you do research. You do research, research, research. When Trump says anything, they're very attentive, and yeah. they're going to write down every word he says. What do you mean? You mean like journalism? Like yeah. That's 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 a different kind of writing than creative writing. You know? Yeah. Well, any kind of writing. Like if you're writing a novel or something, you know, you got to do research. Totally. Years and years of research, so you know your subject. Yeah. And that's a, that's the a trouble with Trump because Trump figures, well, I'll get on stage and I'll talk like uh, we did at the uh, the uh, the show I had, The Apprentice. Yeah. You know, I'll just go up there and I talk. You're fired. I can say that. You know, I can do that. And you're hired. No, yeah. but the crazy mentality that he's getting at the rallies. That I mean, they love it. That's their that's their well, guy. Paris, when you look at what Eisenhower did in the forties and Trump made a point of bringing it up saying that see he, that's his research yeah we did it before in america just yeah. like they put uh, japanese in internment camps we did that before we can do it again yeah what's to stop us you know we got to make america great but, but again. you see you see that is the most simplistic bad kind of dumb view of the world you know <laughs> the world is complex these are complex issues yeah. with historical meaning you know what my favorite trumpism is what what he's going to do with China. <laughs> What's he going to do with China? Whoever made the deal with China was stupid. Yeah. Believe me, I get in there, we're going to turn that around. We're going to yeah, and they China. go, how are you going to turn that around? Yeah, how, no, how? Just, yeah, I get the right people. Yeah, they don't, yeah. don't fucking worry about it. Yeah. You busting my boss? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, get this fucking guy out of here. <laughs> when you, when you, you get trade deals with China, China... You know yourself in yeah. Indi- Indonesia, yeah. India, Africa. Who's the businessman? The yeah. Chinese. The Chinese, yeah. The Chinese run all the business. Trump, with his little book, is going to go, and you're going to talk to these people, yeah. and you're going to make a better deal. Trump is lucky if he leaves that he can, Dad, he's still got his jet. Dad, it's the classic. He will take everything from it's him. It's the classic gangster movie. Yeah. You know, the gangster, he's the big shot guy in his neighborhood, and then all of a sudden the, the fucking Colombians come to town, and holy shit, man, hey, 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 we gotta talk to these guys, hey, you know what I mean? It's the classic one, right? They talk all this shit, and then the Colombians, the Russians, the Chinese, the, the triads, it's like, then they go, oh, fuck, hey, hey, we gotta be more diplomatic around here. You know what I mean? They change the tune, dude. But I gotta, I heard some good news today. Uh, Obama is, uh, not allowing oil drilling in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And Alaska. And that's another death knell for the oil industry. Yeah. I mean, and then I also heard about uh, Eli Musk, uh-huh. you know, the Tesla guy. Elon Musk. If you, if you uh, Google him, he's got a battery that for the house. Oh, the house. Yeah, yeah. The house battery. Yeah, and it's Did cheap. You? It's only five grand. Yeah. Yeah, so your solar energy is stored in the battery and the battery can run all night. Yeah. Well, that's that's what the, that's what the whole 
the whole knock on on renewable energy sources was that we, they don't have a storage capability, but that's being that's being changed now. It, totally, yeah. totally. And you could have them. He said it would take a, a billion to do the whole world, yeah. but we make uh, uh, there's a hundred thousand cars a year made, yeah. and so we do that with the yeah, battery. Yeah, you see the, the coal and and the oil people, they see the writing on the wall. That's they cold know cold what's inevitably going to happen. They're just trying their best to to slow it down. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much how I see the conservative movement, yeah. you know. Like the progressives are like, "Hey, hey, we got solutions right here. Let's fucking do this. Let's do this. Let's do this." And then the conservatives are going, "Hey, hey, hey." Hey, there's a lot of fucking money involved here. Okay, hold on. I'm getting, I'm getting paid. Don't fuck it up. You know, <laughs> slow it down. Slow this shit down. Let's talk about abortion. They're killing babies. They're killing babies. They're killing babies. You know, hey, there's these fuckers are killing babies. You know, and then well, why? Hey, why are you talking about killing babies? Well, they want to fucking take my job. You know, like, you know what I mean. So that's how. That's what. That's the way I. My simplistic view of the, of the two party system. You got it. You know, and then, and not, and I shouldn't give that much credit to the Democrats because they're getting paid by the same people. So that's why I, I backed Bernie Sanders and the, the radical ones because they're really trying to change society for Well, they've got nothing the to lose. No. See, Bernie's got nothing to lose. Bernie, like yeah. Bernie said, you want to see my speeches to Wall Street? There it is. Did I ever show you those memes where it's like it's like a little video or whatever, and the kid says something nasty, and then it, then it turns into, and they start playing like uh, like uh, gangster music, and it's like thug life, you know? And that, that's what Bernie's doing now. He, he did this one where Katie Couric is like, yeah, so Bernie, are you doing this to, to be... Uh, to get his place on on Hillary's ticket as a vice president, and he goes. You mean does Hillary want to be my vice president? <laughs> you know, and he said a couple more of those things, and he's like, "You mean when I'm going to be president?" And it was like he was just being gangster. He was like being yeah. like, "Don't fucking don't bullshit me." Don't you know? try that little sh- that yeah. little little shot. Yeah. Who knows, Bernie? Bernie's getting close. Listen. They've contacted you to do some do another push because. Today and tomorrow is very important. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, no, we're doing it right now. We're doing it. But this is this is a very important day because I, I, we need I, to, we need to get Ohio in order to stay in it. Basically, like yeah. there's a couple states where if Hillary gets them, we we're in trouble. Yeah. I got a great idea for Bernie. Well, uh, I'm going to get a picture of Bernie. Uh huh. And uh, I'm going to put my bong in uh-huh. his, in his mouth. Uh huh. And and then it goes through his mouth. And into the bong, uh-huh. and then around the back, I can light it and smoke a bong with Bernie. Yeah, burn one, with, burn one with B- Bernie. Burn one with Bernie. <laughs> I love it. So I we'll do it. that. We'll do that, and and I'm gonna make a video of it and send it to him. Okay? Cool. The sooner the better. All right. So Dad, take us out. Okay. This is the Tommy Chong podcast, and uh, we will see you after the election. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.